When was the last time you had a technology-free walk in the woods? I'm Elaine Casket with This Is Your Life on Tech, a Monday podcast and Substack newsletter that aims to help you live better and more mindfully with and through and alongside all that technology. Many of my habits changed during the lockdown of the COVID-19 pandemic, and I noticed that two behavioral changes have persisted and combined. I spend more time on my phone and computer and less time in nature. I live in an urban environment in London, but my home is close to Epping Forest in East London. So shaded walks and groves of trees and open fields full of wildlife lie literally steps away at the end of my street. Nevertheless, I access those spaces far less often than I did before the pandemic. More frequently, I turn right towards the high street rather than left towards the green spaces, reckoning that a walk is a walk and I might as well multitask visiting the veg stand and the coffee shop and the bank machine along my way. But when I do manage to get off the pavement, away from the shops and traffic and amongst the trees, I still tend to remain fully connected. My AirPods are stuck in my ears so that I can make or take phone calls or listen to podcasts. Stumbling over divots in the ground or roots on the path, I'm clutching my phone, I'm reading my emails, WhatsApping my friends, making lists of reminders, modifications to my diary. And returning home after excursions like these, I often don't feel as refreshed as I'd hoped to feel. I know that taking walks is always going to be good for me to an extent, but When my feet are moving on the ground while my eyeballs stay firmly fixed on my device, am I really deriving the full benefit from the experience? Unsurprisingly, the answer is no. But before I get into that, here's why the walk may be so needed in the first place. The amygdala only occupies about 0.3% of the volume of the human brain. It's often described as almond-shaped, and it's not that much bigger. Despite its diminutive size, it has a big impact. Whenever we feel stressed, the amygdala responds as though an actual physical threat were present, sending out distress signals. The adrenal glands respond by producing the stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, which in various ways prepare our bodies to fight or flee. Fortunately, as a modern human, you probably aren't in direct physical danger very often, Unfortunately, your brain hasn't got that memo. Your digital environment is rife with stressful stimuli that easily convince your brain there's a threat. Simply reading and sending your emails can increase your cortisol production and your blood pressure and your heart rate. Your cortisol levels are elevated when you receive notifications on your phone or when the device simply within your sight or hearing. I confess to being an inveterate multitasker. And over the last few months, my stress levels have been soaring as I complete, adopt, and juggle multiple projects, some with scary deadlines or tricky aspects associated with them. If I were to take an at-home cortisol test, I shouldn't like to think about what the results would show. During the pandemic lockdowns, many of us became increasingly dependent upon technology, whilst simultaneously gaining a new awareness of how much worse we felt when we weren't able to go outside. Humans are biophilic creatures. The earth is our habitat. And many argue that despite our habituation to built environments, we retain this innate drive to connect to nature. 
and we suffer anxiety or depression when we don't do this enough. In the UK, nature prescriptions for patients suffering from high blood pressure and mental health issues are often encouraged. Johan Hari describes similar medical schemes in his book Lost Connections, in which he described separation from nature as one of nine disconnections beleaguering the modern condition. In one German study in 2022, the subjects had a functional MRI scan to observe activity in their amygdalas and then went on one of two tasks, a one-hour stroll in a Berlin concrete jungle shopping area or a one-hour nature walk in the 3,000-hectare Grunwald Forest. And participants in both groups walked a specific route and could not use their phones. After their walk, each research subject underwent another scan to observe the activity in their amygdala, and those people who'd walked in nature showed reduced activity there and improved attention after spending only one hour in nature. But the people who'd navigated that busy shopping area didn't have that reduction. It's similar to another study in 2015, where people took a 90-minute walk in a natural environment, and not only did they report far lower levels of ruminating afterwards, but their scan showed reduced activity in an area of the brain that was linked to risk for mental illness. I know what you're thinking. An hour? 90 minutes? Who's got that kind of time to walk in nature? That's part of your problem right there, and it's probably the subject for another podcast, but you'll be glad to know that another study indicates just 20 minutes could do the job. In that 2019 investigation, spending only 20 or 30 minutes in a natural setting was associated with big drops in cortisol levels amongst research participants who did it regularly, so three days a week for eight weeks running. So developing this as a habit pays off, it seems, and there was an additional important caveat. Once again, as with the Berlin study, Participants were instructed to avoid social media, phone calls, reading, and anything else that might distract from real immersion in and contact with nature. Chances are your phone really is standing between you and the fullest possible benefits of walking outdoors. So I've read enough research now to be convinced that technology-free walks in nature are likely to be pretty effective in reducing my cortisol and helping me manage the stressors I'm facing. All walks are not created equal. Turning right towards the high street is not as good as turning left towards the woods and fields. A walk without a phone has far more benefits than a walk with one. The problem is, I'm struggling to find the will and confidence to go out without my phone. The prospect of missing something, of not being productive, of not managing or meeting my deadlines, all these things must constitute threats to my poor overworked amygdala. There should probably be a new acronym for this, fear of walking without phone or FOWOP or something. I don't think that'll catch on, but whatever you call it, I've got it. To more thoroughly persuade myself of the benefits, I suppose I could drop money on two at-home cortisol tests one to take before an eight-week program of daily or thrice-weekly walks in nature, one to take at the end. But do I really need an experiment like that to convince myself? Do I actually require that kind of evidence to give myself permission for a half-hour walk in nature every day? Do you? Considering my past experience of how I feel when I take a walk and really pay attention to my surroundings, probably not. I don't need that. In fact, 
My experience has been that phone-free walks usually result in bursts of creativity and inspiration afterwards, as summed up in Alex uh, Sujung Kim Pang's book, Rest, Why You Get More Done When You Work Less. Why don't I do it more often then? Well, you live in the same world as me, you know as well as I do, the powerful siren song of those magical little rectangular machines. So I already have the wisdom, I just need to exercise the will. It's about getting over the hump, really. As I cross the threshold from my house to the out of doors without my phone, I can almost detect the distress pings being sent out by my amygdala. As I walk down the street and the wide green spaces are coming into view, the pings are already growing fainter. 10 minutes later, amongst the trees, my brain attunes to the rhythm of my feet on the ground, the sounds of nature all around me. At that point, my amygdala quiets, I think, starting to believe that in actual fact, everything's pretty much going to be okay somehow. And I can breathe. This has been This Is Your Life on Tech, which comes out every Monday from me, Elaine Casket, hoping to help you find better and more mindful ways of starting out your week with and through and alongside all that technology. Hope to see you here again, same day, next week.